Welcome back to Don't Point to Geo, your football podcast on the Tar Heel Blog podcast feed. You found us? Stay with us. Click subscribe wherever you're listening to us right now. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and I will read it on air. We fixed an audio issue because a five-star review brought it to our attention, so help us help you. While you're doing that, it's time to talk Miami. Joining me to do so is the great Jake Lawrence. Jake, what's happening? I'm still living high off last Saturday's win, so let's go ahead and turn the page, I guess. Yeah, um, Jacob and I uh, spent a good amount of time on Tuesday breaking down the South Carolina win. But uh, the table does turn to Miami and the home opener for the Tar Heels. Jake, 8 o'clock, sold out. Um, what are you hoping for from the atmosphere for UNC? Uh, I can only imagine that it will be on par with, let's see, the last night game I remember at Keenan was 0-3 when Miami came to town. Uh, mm-hmm. And Carolina flubbed that away. But I remember that was an electric atmosphere, uh, absolutely unreal great fan base and then the, then the team kind of just missed out on, on a big win so i think if, if, if you were around for that for that time period something like that is going to be rocking and rolling and uh, uh the, the program needs it so it should be good yeah uh for me i'm i'm thinking back to maybe the 09 florida state game is the last time we would have had an atmosphere quite like that um another thursday night it was absolutely jacked up and hey unc blew that one in the second half too <laughs> well, hopefully that that changes uh, this week then. So you know the the first P win and first P five win uh, uh, on the road and opener uh, since I believe nineteen ninety three when it was neutral actually at USC. So um, you know a, a lot of a lot of caveats from from this last weekend. So let's go ahead and just keep flipping the script. That's right. Well, to to move forward, we've got to look back. Miami lost twenty four twenty to Florida. UNC beat. South Carolina by the exact same score. So Tar Heels 24 to 20, right? Uh, I'm going to go one, I'll say 31, 20 Heels. I'm feeling good. Feeling good about it. Oh man. Well, let's talk about it then. Um, the biggest uh, kind of carrying point for Miami is obviously their defense. Manny Diaz has been upgraded from defensive coordinator to head coach. Uh, they've still got the three headed beast at linebacker with Shaq Quarterman, Michael Pinkney and uh, Zach McLeod. What, Kind of well. First of all, what concerns you, and what opportunities do you see for the UNC offense against uh, what should be a very good Miami defense? Uh, two things really concern me. Uh, one is that they've had two weeks to to bask in the defeat against Florida uh, when that offense was really they were really pushed all over the field. Uh, I think they even gave was it was it ten sacks uh, to the Florida defensive line. Uh, so yep. Um, uh, my 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 concern is that their offense is going to come out and really and and then make a few changes. But uh, aside from that, uh, their defense might be the most athletic that North Carolina faces this year. Um, and position by position, they probably have half a step or or more on on North Carolina their defense on North Carolina's offense. Uh, but uh, all of that said, North Carolina came out really really physical uh, last Saturday and if they can if they can maintain that and, and get and maintain that confidence they had uh, I'd be interested to see how Miami might react if they are put in a little bit of difficulty early uh, I don't know I don't know if they have the discipline uh, to to play a full 60 minutes uh, against a team that that is willing to take it to them because uh, I didn't really feel like Florida took it to Miami either I just kind of felt that was just a really sloppy early week game um, so you know, I may be wrong in that assessment, but that's kind of that's kind of where I'm where I'm feeling it right now. 
Yeah, um, I don't really think Carolina's going to be able to nickel and dime Miami's defense the way they uh, the way they did South Carolina. I think it's going to be a lot more all or nothing. And that's simply due to the fact that, I mean, granted, I didn't expect UNC's offensive line to show up as well as it did against South Carolina. But with the young quarterback, um, Miami's going to be blitzing like crazy. UNC's going to have some opportunities to take some some shot plays and maybe hit a couple home runs downfield, which we didn't really see, uh, but maybe three or four attempts to do so against uh, against the Cox. Yeah, I, I think I think the way to beat Miami on this, and, and North Carolina's going to be run heavy all year, but I think you're going to have to test them on the corners uh, simply because their front seven is so stacked. I'll be surprised North Carolina can get a consistent running game going the way they did against South Carolina. They may have some plays here or there. They may put a drive or two together. Uh, but I'll, I will be surprised if they can do that for a full 60 minutes. Uh, I don't expect another 230-yard uh, performance. Uh, so I think they're going to have to use the run to really set up the pass. The concern there for North Carolina is that, and we talked about this on the preview, is that they don't really have uh, the size on the outside to take those shots downfield. Um, and so they made their money with crossing routes and some uh, and some sideline routes against South Carolina. I I'm curious to know if, if they'll if they'll continue to allow Howell to to do his thing from quarterback. Uh, if Daz Newsom and, and Bo Corrales can can make make work of the uh, of the Miami DBs uh, down the field. Uh, and we talked about some of those some of those restrictions earlier uh, on on the preview of the season preview. Um, I don't know if Daz has the size for that. Uh, and Bo does but he's really the only one uh that can they can take someone that seems down the field with that size so we'll have to wait and see yeah i think uh, antoine green definitely fits the mold as well you know maybe not quite as physically uh strong yet but at six three uh you could look to him to take the top off the defense a little bit i also look for carl yeah, tucker yeah, yeah, yeah. To, i also look for carl tucker to emerge maybe as an x factor he was not heavily involved in the passing game in week one so with it being week one and a non-conference game going right into a key conference game, just the way the UNC South Carolina game played out, I don't think they showed all of their cards by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm going to be looking for a little bit more misdirection in the running game. Hope to mess with uh, Miami's discipline a little bit. And Carl Tucker can be a key in that, you know, maybe on like a fake counter and then throw back across the field or something. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. North Carolina, they were so conservative in that first half. There's no question that they have uh, that that playbook will grow. Uh, and I think Carl Tucker's a really good, uh, a really good guy to watch, especially if if Miami comes hot and heavy with the blitzes. It's going to leave open those seams. It's going to leave open the middle of the field uh, where a tight end can sit or a tight end can find space. And we've seen Carl Tucker do that in the past uh, when he can actually get the ball. So uh, I think that's probably a really good bet and someone to watch. Hey man, I'm I'm all about the really good bets there. Um, so so you've got the heel scoring, <laughs> you've got the heel scoring 31 points. Uh, how many of those come from the defense or special teams? Because not not being able to run the ball consistently against Miami does not 31 points make. No, no, no. So I, that, that's a really good that, that, that's a good question. And, and I thought you know, there's probably a little bit uh, a little bit on the on the hopeful side. Uh, but I would, it would not surprise me to see the defense uh, run back, uh, pick up a fumble running back or, or with a pick six. Uh, you know, Miami's offense was really, really bad, and part of that was probably some of Ford's defense, but a lot of it, too, was they were just really bad. Um, and it's not uncommon, especially with coaches who have defensive backgrounds. A lot of times your offenses struggle 
Uh, and you could probably look at, you know, you could probably call them South Carolina, Miami light a little bit in that regard with, with what Les Champ's background was and, and, and how his offense had struggled. So uh, I don't expect a lot out of their offense. And because of that, I think defense will, will have their opportunities. Uh, but you and I have talked about this at length offline too. Uh, and, and I have said if they could win that first game against South Carolina, then I could see a scenario where they go 4-0 going into Clemson. I've, never, I've not been scared of Miami the entire offseason. Um, just because I think that uh, I think they are more more flash than the substance, and I may eat those words next week, uh, but uh, I have I have felt good about this game with it being at night and being at home, uh, and with what Mac and his coaching staff can do. Uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to to, to see de- the defense really contribute even more so than they did last week. One hundred percent. I'm kind of looking at a situation where that Miami offensive line is going to be. You know, still a problem because, like you said, 10 sacks is – I mean, Florida's defensive line is very good, but with the uh, unique pressures that UNC can bring, I can see that number not going down significantly. They might not finish off 10 sacks uh, just based on the South Carolina game. They missed a lot of shots at Jake Bentley. But if they can rattle Jaron Williams, maybe force that fumble to get that uh, fumble return for a touchdown or a pick six uh, with the – Secondary actually playing for the ball this year. Uh, you can look at a lot of ways and see the heels making some hay on defense. Now, I'm not going to be completely optimistic here. I think DJ Dallas is uh, set to have a pretty big game against the UNC Rush D. Um, had 11 carries for 94 yards against Florida. A lot of that came on a 50-yard scamper, but he's a very big physical back that, you know, basically, as we saw with Tavian Feaster, if somebody can get past the first line of defense, uh, there's some open field for him. Yeah, I mean, they have athletes, uh, and I think that's fair. I mean, in North Carolina, look, the, the problems that were there last year are still there to a certain degree. Uh, some poor tackling, some over, some over pursuing. Uh, those are still very real, uh, real issues, and they could they could pop up in spades uh, on Saturday night. But it's also important to remember that first half, North Carolina was missing Dom Ross. Actually, they were missing him for the entire game. And they are missing Patrice Renee for the first half. And despite all of that, oh, and then uh, was it Trey Morrison went down with concussion on the first series, first defensive series? Yep. So yep. they were playing shorthanded, and they still, that secondary was still able to uh, shut down a very good receiving core for South Carolina, all things considered. Um, and that was done in large part because uh, – the defense consistently got pressure on uh, on South Carolina's uh, offensive line and, and quarterback. Uh, it's it's not a coincidence that the secondary looks a lot better whenever the front seven can get pressure on the quarterback and force some rush throws or bad throws. Um, and so I think that those two work in conjunction. So yeah, the running game for Miami that, that's fair, but they really they really have athletes on the outside, and if they can't utilize their entire uh, their entire so to speak. I don't. I don't see North Carolina losing just because they they, they give up a hundred hundred plus yards to a running back this season. I I don't see that, but I could be very wrong. Yeah, I I just think we're going to have to give up something somewhere against Miami just because their receiving core is so talented with uh, KJ Osborne and Jeff Thomas, who neither neither one of them really got off against Florida, but both of them were open pretty consistently uh and Miami mm-hmm. did come up with some creative ways to get Thomas the ball and he's just I mean he's going to be the most athletic uh player on the field when Miami has the football yeah and they've had two weeks to prep they've had two weeks to make adjustments uh and so you know I, 
their offense will be better, absolutely, and I agree. you got to get something up somewhere, uh, and I would prefer that be on the ground as opposed to what their athletes can do on the outside. Agreed with that. Agreed with that. Um, I guess the one – I mean, we talked about Carl Tucker as the X factor for the UNC offense. Uh, Brevin Jordan for Miami, kind of an O.J. Howard-style college tight end. I mean, just a guy who is absolutely – you know, receiver speed and tight end big. With the struggles that UNC had in the third quarter against uh, South Carolina's tight end, whose name escapes me, I'm kind of ex- I'm, I'm kind of living in fear of watching number eight get the football or number eight, number nine, number nine. But you know, that is what it is. So you've got us winning thirty-one twenty. Um, I guess I've got to make a pick, don't I? Uh, yes, yes, you do. It's your show, so that's the rules. Ah, son of a bitch. Um. I told you thirty four twenty three, so we had the same uh we, we had the same margin. I think I'm going to edit mm-hmm. that a little bit, say twenty seven twenty three. It's gonna be another four point win for the Tar Heels. But at this okay. point, man, that's just honestly just my assessment of the game, just with how quickly the defense took hold, that's just kinda what I'm feeling. Yeah, and I I buy that hundred percent. I think the key and for anyone listening needs to understand this that uh, North Carolina could absolutely lose this game by two touchdowns, and that would not surprise anybody. Right? That, that needs to be put out there. But there was enough good that has been absent from the program for the last two seasons that it's hard to think you're going to see a massive drop-off next week. You may see some more inconsistency, but I don't think that you're going to see them revert back to what we have seen the previous years. I think the penalties will get cleaned up a little bit. Uh, I think those rap- some of those missed tackles will get uh, will get cleaned up a little bit. Uh, and so I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people realize. Uh, and so I, I absolutely agree that there's there's reason for optimism. Yeah, and we talked about it on the Tuesday pod, but uh, with Chad Surratt, you know, I had him probably for four or five missed tackles. Uh, you know, he still played very well, and he, you know, what you need to do against Miami is make sure not to give the, up the home run, and he was in position on every play. You get Dominique Ross back, so you get another experienced linebacker in there. I'm just – you know what? While we're riding high, man, let's let's call it a W. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that uh, in, in my mind. Like I just like I would put money down in North Carolina right now. I think the line's at plus seven, um, or Miami plus seven, I think, or is it you? Or Miami, See, Miami's favorite by seven. Yeah, there we go. Well, however you say, it, I'm not I'm not a gambling dude. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, I, I saw the line is seven, and Miami is favorite, uh, and I would I would take that action in a heartbeat right now. Uh, so. Uh, and and I think the other thing, look, I mean, North Carolina got seven receivers involved last week. They had all three running backs uh, involved. So this is going to be, I think you're looking at a very um, equal opportunity offense uh, throughout uh, throughout the season. Uh, it's, it's trying to figure out what works and, and what talent they have. Um, but uh, to go back to something you just said, I also completely agree. You have to eliminate the home run plays uh, against Miami because you cannot allow them to get the confidence and the swagger to, that will allow them to make up for any uh, any mistakes they make on the field because they're going to be riding high. So you've got it. You have to limit li- limit that, that that explosive playability that they potentially have, uh, and, and make them make them control the ball uh, as much as possible. And I was going to see if we could get through the whole podcast without saying the S word there. Um, but I'm, you're abs- so you're absolutely right, and you make a really good point. Uh, Jeff Thomas had the 80 yard touchdown to open up the second half. Uh, last time we were in Keenan Stadium against the Canes. And then their defense uh, started bringing out the turnover chain on Nathan Elliott. So avoid let, <laughs> yeah. avoid letting those two things happen. And 
Miami's had some struggles in Keyan Stadium for whatever reason. So, you know, just play another smart game like they did on Saturday, and we could be looking at two and zero. Smart is the is a very good word to, to use. It is well, Jake. What we're going to do is the smart thing and let let some sponsors pay us right quick. But when we get back, let's uh just run through the week two schedule and see what intrigues us. And we're back, Jake. Week two. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Well, college football apparently seated Thursday night for the NFL opener again, which, man, as a college football fan, like, just give us something to watch because I don't care about the NFL opener. So we're going to go straight to Friday. Uh, two ACC games. William and Mary visit Virginia. Wake Forest goes to Rice. Um, you had Rice winning the Wake game, didn't you? I did. I, that was my upset pick of the week because uh, I feel that you always should take a bold stance on something that makes no sense. So uh, <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I cannot dispute that logic. Um, yeah, I think my upset pick of the week was maybe Georgia Tech over South Florida, but I don't really know if that qualifies. Um, let's see. Marshall goes to Boise State, uh, blah, blah, blah. That takes us to Saturday. Um, Ohio at Pitt at 11 a.m. I love this as a game that, you know, super doesn't really matter. So go ahead and get it on an hour early. Um, Pitt's only favored by five and a half in that. Yeah, I think I picked Ohio for this game. Give me that match. You know what I'm talking about? Like Pitt struggles. They they lose games they shouldn't. They win games they shouldn't. Uh, this seems to me, uh, after coming off what was uh, a loss against Virginia and the subpar performance, uh, I, I feel good about Ohio. They're, they're close in the region. It's not it's not a long travel uh, or, or a long a long trip for them. Uh, and I believe Frank Solich is still at Ohio, and it consistently has them uh, competitive in that conference. So uh, I'll take Ohio on that one. Big moves on that one. I like it. Um, I'm going to stick with Pitt, although Nathan Rourke, I think, is going to have a big game. Uh, go to the noon slate. You've got the – Big powers of the Big Ten, uh, Cincinnati at Ohio State, Army at Michigan, Rutgers at Iowa. I'm going to go to the one that you want to talk about first. Yes, I think right now Michigan uh, is like a 23-point favorite. I would take that money in a heartbeat, and I would I would bet Army to at a minimum cover. Um, I don't know if they're going to get the same kind of – have the same kind of uh, performance they had against Oklahoma last year. They're not going to sneak up on anybody, uh, but – Army, I think, is, is the real deal this year against most teams not in the top 15. Uh, so I think that could be a much tougher game than people realize. Yeah, uh, service academy teams and triple option teams always cover. Uh, that is kind of one of the rules of betting. So at plus 22.5, yeah, I, I would roll with Army. Uh, Cincinnati, who uh, Jacob calls the best team in the group of five, going to Ohio State. Any chance for an upset there, or is that just going to be – no? No, no, no chance. No. Yeah. Too much Maybe like a 34 there. to 16 type game or something, but I, I don't really see an upset there either. Uh, no. I mean, obviously the, the biggest game of the week, I mean, we've got Rutgers, Iowa. We, we've got Syracuse, Maryland. We've got Old Dominion, Virginia Tech. What a loaded noon slate, he said, with not a <laughs> trace of sarcasm in his voice. Yeah, the real heavy hitters there. Uh, yeah, I just – I don't care about any of those games. Uh, BT will probably – will probably uh, avenge last year's Old Dominion loss, although I'll be rooting for Old Dominion. Um, you had Syracuse and Maryland. Was that it? Yep. Yeah, Syracuse at Maryland, I think, is a dumpster fire right now. Uh, yeah, Maryland's actually Iowa. favored in that. 
Are they really? By two, yeah. How? I, I, that makes zero sense to me. I would take Syracuse in a heartbeat on that one. Yeah, I think people might be overreacting to Maryland beating Howard by 79 points or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, don't, I don't see that at all. Uh, and then what, Iowa, uh, I don't know, Iowa, I'm surprised. Iowa, Rutgers, nobody cares. No one cares, and they need to be coaching Rutgers again for like, you know, the sixth time this decade, so whatever. They just need to fold their football program. Um, other interesting things of note, uh, the Heels' week one opponent plays at home against Charleston Southern, so we'll see Ryan Helsinki make his debut. Uh, West Virginia goes to Missouri. I get – I mean, why is Missouri favored by 14 on this? What? Don't, I think don't these lines Kelly might Bryant. be outdated. Do what? They have, they have Kelly Bryant at quarterback this year, right? Yeah, and they just lost to Wyoming. Oh, did they really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. ACC, uh, NC State hosts Western Carolina at 1230. Keep challenging yourselves, Wolfpack. Uh, y'all are doing great. Uh, 1, p- <laughs> 1 p.m., uh, Utah hosts Northern Illinois. Uh, 2 p.m., South Florida at Georgia Tech. Uh, this is an interesting one for me because – I would have picked South Carolina or South Florida a week ago. I'm picking Georgia Tech now. Yeah, I don't know who I picked today, but um, when we did the the staff picks, but I, I'm a, I think Georgia Tech can pull this one off. Uh, Charlie Strong has not really quite gotten that program to take off. Uh, they struggled last week, so uh, I think Georgia Tech is they're going to win just enough to make, make people think they don't have a huge rebuild, even though they're going through a massive rebuild. Uh, and I think this is a, a chance for them to, to maybe get a little bit early season attention. Absolutely. Uh, that, that takes us to the three thirty slate. And we've got the big one there where Texas A&M ranked number 12 comes into Clemson. Uh, this was a good game last year. Can Texas A&M get the running game going so they don't have to play desperate comeback mode for the second half? No. I don't think Clemson's going to be caught sleeping um, uh, after last year against them, and I don't. And after whatever mistakes that uh, Trevor Lawrence made with his two interceptions, uh, I think they're going to clean it up. I do not expect that to be terribly close. Yeah, I think Travis Etienne's about to take over the lead for the September Heisman race because they can lean on him, and he's good enough to go for 200 yards, even if they're not leaning on him. Oh, yeah, man. Clemson's offense is just insane. Like that, that offense is just. It's insane. So I don't, I don't see Texas A&M being able to win that one on the road. Yeah, I'm going to keep beating this drum until I'm blue in the face, but this is the best college offense just based on assemblage of talent since the 03, 04, 05 USC teams. Um, I don't think that's an exaggeration. It's definitely the best that we have seen this decade, uh, and I think you, and after this season we'll be able to compare it to the best teams of, of this century. Uh, it is that good and that explosive. Yeah, which means I'm really looking forward to three weeks from now. Um, other things <laughs> happening. Other things happening at 3:30. Uh, Nebraska goes to Colorado. Nebraska is inexplicably ranked. Um, I still can't find the logic in that. They were frankly kind of lucky to beat um, South Alabama last week. So I'm taking Colorado in the upset there. Um, I don't know if we need to dwell on it because you know. Big Ten and Pac-12 football. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Charlotte goes to Appalachian State in regional interest. Uh, I should have probably planned the games I wanted to um, highlight here. 
Uh, four o'clock, you get a pair of SEC network games that are pretty boring. Uh, New Mexico State goes to Alabama. I'm not calling for the upset there. Murray State goes no, to Georgia. No, Alabama wins by 60. They're favored by 55 and a half. So that's about spot oh. on. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. Who, who goes to Georgia? Uh, Murray State. Oh, what, what's the line there, like 40? Uh, there is no line because it's Murray State. <laughs> and yeah, and John Morant's not playing receiver for him. Mm, yeah, that's going to – without him, they don't have a chance. Nope. <laughs> um, 415, this is only interesting because of my – Desire to uh, watch train wrecks in slow motion. Uh, San Diego State goes to UCLA. San Diego State beat Weber State 6 nothing last week, and UCLA um, is very bad at football. Uh, yeah, they have not been good. Uh, Chip Kelly has struggled to get his system going. And uh, San Diego State, I want to say, historically has a, a competitive team for their level, I think. I mean, that. Yeah. That could be fun. Sure, why not? It's, I mean, let's get weird and, and party a little bit and see what happens. And go San Diego State, whatever their mascot is. Aztecs, the man. Devils? Aztecs, thank you. Yeah, Aztecs. They're about to put them in the Aztec tomb for any Arrested Development fans out there. Uh, <laughs> five o'clock, UL Monroe goes to Florida State. That's, you know, shouldn't be competitive, but you never. I guess you don't really know anymore. Um, six o'clock, A&T goes to Duke. This is my upset pick of the week. Yeah, I saw that and I was surprised, and then I was thinking about it, and that actually makes a lot of sense. I, I think that would be a shock. Uh, it would be a shock, but I don't think it. I don't think it is uh, near as impossible as what some might might think when they when they look at the names. Yeah, I mean, A and T is you know they're they're not like your North Dakota States or your James Massons or anybody, but they are very competitive on the uh, FCS level, and I'm just really testing my theory that playing Alabama week one ruins a, ruins a team season. Ooh, so I like I'm well, okay. Florida state two years ago, they ended up six and six. Um, last year, Louisville, they ended Bobby Petrino's career. Finally put that idiot out of misery. So I'm all for it, man. Uh, let's go Aggies. They're, they're, yeah, they're the Aggies. Um, also at six in regional interest, Gardner Webb goes to ECU, but there's not much interest in that on this podcast. Takes us to seven o'clock. South Dakota goes to Oklahoma. Uh, UCF goes to Florida Atlantic. I've I am just scrolling looking for the actually good games here. Um, is Florida okay. Atlantic where Butch is, or is he at Florida International? Uh, Butch is at Florida International, so that is the Lane Train um, hosting. Oh, Central got it, Florida. got it. Yeah, yeah. I get them. I get them mixed up. But yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it, it's easy to do when you actually spell out the whole names for whatever reason. Like if I just said FIU, I think you would have uh, been on board with that being Butch. But you know, you'll have uh, that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, okay. BYU go, BYU goes to Tennessee at seven. That's give me BYU all day. Yeah, I'm. I, I don't really know how you come back from uh, boats catching on fire and losing to Georgia State. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh. God. Okay, so the, the, the 7 o'clock kickoffs are so bad because 7.30 is where things get interesting. Number six, LSU. Number nine, Texas. Let's go. Oh, wow. Um, give me Texas. All right, we are going to uh, disagree here. I'm going, I'm going to take LSU. I'm going to put blind faith in Joe Burrow's uh, breakout last week not being a fluke and 
I will be wrong because of that. Oh, fair enough. Look, I love Coach O, uh, but something about this is Tom Herman's. This is his, is this his third year at Texas now? Yep. Yeah, I, I think he's going to get a role, and they were they were close last year. Um, I, I like I like Texas on that one. I I mean, he does have the big game mojo like uh, nobody else really does. So I, I realized how wrong I am after making that pick, but I'm going to stand by it. Stick with it. There you go. Uh, Tulane goes to Auburn. That, you know what? I would take Tulane to cover an 18-point spread there. Freshman quarterback coming off a uh, coming off a big win last week. Um, I would say, yeah, let's cover the spread. Sure, we'll give him that. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to pick Tulane to win. Uh, UT Martin goes to Florida. Buffalo goes to Penn State. Nevada goes to Oregon. Western Michigan goes to Michigan State. Those are all ranked teams that are going to win. Yeah. Um, Wait, do, do, uh, Nevada. Who, who did they just beat last week? Why on a last-second field goal against who? Uh, Nevada just beat Purdue last week. Yeah, they may be an upset pick for Oregon if you're looking if, if you're looking for some action. Yeah, if you want to get crazy with it, uh, by all means. I, you know, from what I gathered from that game, Nevada was down pretty big late and just kind of scored a garbage time touchdown and then got a stop and then. The next oh, touchdown okay. kind of made uh, Purdue tighten up, but uh, Nevada going to okay. Oregon. Or- Oregon needs a big win there. I, eh, I'm, I'm going to try to yeah, talk you out of that one. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that talked me out of it. I'm, I'm convinced Oregon all the way. Well, that takes us to eight o'clock. Uh, Miami at North Carolina. We talked about that in the first half of this program. Yeah, any, no, no change from thirty minutes ago. No, I was going to say any, any uh, hindsight thoughts that we missed there. Um, no, I don't think so. If, if you're if you're pessimistic, it makes sense. If you're optimistic, it makes sense. Uh, there's no need to overreact. Uh, but I don't think that, that thinking North Carolina can beat an anemic offense at home uh, at night on television uh, is a is a stretch. So uh, that's where I'm that's where I'm going to stand firm with that. Yep, the cheapest ticket on StubHub has gone up uh, six dollars since they announced the sellout. So you know we we might actually see a highly in demand ticket in Kansas Stadium. I love it. Yeah, and and they're selling beer now, so who knows? Maybe people get a little bit frisky in the stands. I mean, this is get I mean, make Miami feel very much at home the way their fans make us feel very much not at home when we visit there. Yeah, I mean, all seventeen thousand of them really do a good job of just being <laughs> Uh Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm getting to the point where um, the White Claws might be the best beverage offering at UNC, just because that beer list is a little bit underwhelming. Um, we don't really have many other games of note, so we can we can bitch about that for a second if we want to. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's a high price, not a huge selection. Uh, I have to think that they will they will fix that for next season, but this year, get through it. They'll probably test it out, and we all know the high prices. Are- to deter binge drinking anyway. So whatever. Um, it, it's frustrating, but you're right. White Claws with, with what they got, if that's, if that's your method of, of drink, go for it, get crazy, do what you got to do. That's right. That's right. Um, I mean, to be honest, it's going to be PBRs all day for me, but uh, that's okay too. They're, they're, they're on that's the okay. cheaper side of the menu. Yeah. Not, look, they don't give blue ribbons to anybody, right? I mean, that joke never gets old, so you got to keep, gotta keep <laughs> celebrating. That's right. Well, we're going to have a lot to celebrate. Um, that takes us – I mean, really, that is running unopposed at 8 o'clock uh, with the LSU-Texas game starting a little bit earlier. So 
we're going to have some people tune into the fourth quarter. Uh, hopefully it's not a competitive fourth quarter to tune into in the heels favor, but takes you to the Pac-12 after dark, and this is a pretty solid Pac-12 after dark slate. Cal, who we know very well, um, going to Washington. This is early enough in the season to where I'm not positive that Cal can't pull the upset here. Um, yeah, I think they can, but I really like Chris Peterson. I really like Washington. Um, and I think they have uh, – they had – was it Eason who transferred up there? Yep, Jacob, Jacob Eason. Eason. Yep. Uh, so they, had, they, they have the talent. He got beaten out down in Georgia. Okay, no, no shame there. Uh, I, I like Washington that, with, with, with that pick. Uh, what about Stanford at USC? Oh, I would JT say Daniels I don't is care. Out for the season. I would say that I don't care, but I just don't like USC, so I'll take Stanford just for that reason. Yeah, uh, Stanford is not super impressive. You know, they're they're not quite as uh, intimidating as they were in the Toby Gerhardt or the Christian McCaffrey or Price Love's junior year days, but they always seem to kind of play the discipline type of game that uh, USC. You know, they're more than Miami in this instance. So I can see Stanford. I'm just going to pick USC just um, because I like to be different, man. I like it. I mean, stick to your guns, pick something for for reasons, and never let go. Absolutely. Uh, Jake, is there anything we missed there? No, I don't think so. I think it's a good little preview for for this weekend and uh, left everyone with enough to think Absolutely. Um, hit us in the comments on this post on TarHillBlog.com. Let us know if uh, y'all like this format. We're messing around with some things as the football season gets into full swing here. Uh, Jake, what do you have coming to TarHillBlog.com this week or elsewhere? Uh, I think I'm doing some post-game analysis uh, for after Miami. I might have the three things learned. Uh, and then I just had a Cole Anthony preview uh, drop uh, on Tuesday. So um, that's pretty much it. I like it. Um, as for me, you can find our previous podcast efforts from uh, this week. I also did the ACC Power Rankings this week, and I'm pretty sure I'm on board for something for after the game as well, but I forget what, to be quite frank with y'all. Um, as you can hear as we're recording here, I am still hoarse from the uh, win over South Carolina, so y'all bear with me. In the meantime, go ahead, subscribe, download, subscribe on your mom's phone, subscribe on your aunt's phone. Subscribe on any other person you know's phone. Coworkers, they all work great. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can read your commentary on air. And until next time, keep it locked and go Heels.